The messy faith of Barak. I'll have to admit, when I first started with this, I thought, well, I've got to make this thing messy. And the more I got into it, the more I realized that maybe Barak's faith was not quite as messy as I first thought. And so I'm going to present something tonight. I want you to then to be judged, and you can just judge yourself and see just how messy Barak's faith was. This is all in, found in Judges, the fourth chapter. Need to set the stage first, and that is about 100, 125 years earlier, Moses takes the nation of Israel, leads them out of bondage, out of the Egyptian bondage that they had. He takes them into Mount Sinai, receives the law, Ten Commandments, all the 600 associated other commandments that went with it. And then they're headed for the promised land. God said, you really won't have to do all the work because I will send hornets ahead of you so that they will drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites before you. And so not all of the work was going to be up to the Israelites. Well, as you know, they get there. They don't have the faith to go in, and all of that rebellious generation, 20 years old and older, had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, everybody wandered, but they wandered, and then they all died off. And then finally they go into the promised land. And with that, Joshua takes over. And Joshua then is the man who then will do all of the settling of the the different tribes into the uh, land of Canaan. And here is just a, a quick representation generally of how they, uh, the different tribes all settled into the various sections of the land of Canaan. <clears throat> Moses had told them earlier, he said, The Lord your God will enlarge your territory just as he has sworn to your fathers and will give you all the land which he promised to give to your fathers if you carefully observe all of this commandment. All of this commandment which I command you today. Well, the ultimate promised land was going to extend all the way up to the Euphrates River up on the right, all the way down to the Nile on the left, and it was bigger than they ever, ever achieved. But that was what was promised to them. And this commandment was this, to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways always. And to that, all of the people that were following Joshua said, They answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And sure enough, they started out extremely strong and extremely directed by God. But then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, the idol worships, took over. God then said, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. And so the Lord allowed those nations to remain, not driving them out quickly, in order to test Israel by them, whether they would keep the way of the Lord to walk in it as the Lord had commanded and as their fathers did, or maybe not. So they forsook the Lord and they served the Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord burned against Israel and he gave them into the hands of plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. And whenever they went, the hand of the Lord was always against them for evil. 
And then they would realize we're in this situation and in this shape because we have forgotten God. And so they would cry out to God, please deliver us. And so God would do that. They would send, he would then send judges. Then the Lord, then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down before them. And so this cycle would just continue over and over for a period of almost 350 years. They would forget God, and then God would allow them to be oppressed, and their enemies would just plunder them. Then they would cry out to God, and God would deliver them. And this cycle went over and over and over. The different judges... First one was Othniel, and the people that plundered and oppressed the nation of Israel was Mesopotamia to the north. That lasted for about eight years. Ehud and Shamgar were the next judges of Israel, and the Moabites off to the west, off to the east. Uh, they were the ones then that uh, plundered and uh, oppressed Israel for about 18 years. And then for our lesson tonight, with Deborah is the judge, and the Canaanites, which were the local people there, They were the ones for 20 years they oppressed Israel. So now we go to where our story begins. There's a little town about 10 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. It's called Hazor. When Joshua was um, directing the, the different tribes in, it says that he went in and he destroyed all the different cities. When he came to Hazor, he literally burned it. He burned it to the ground. Well, but it wasn't long before the Canaanites came back in, rebuilt the city, and the Canaanite king, Jabin, made that then his base of operation. And so he reigned uh, for this 20 years that he oppressed Israel from this city of Hazor. His captain of the guard or his uh, commander of his army was a guy named Sisera, and he, his home was down at uh, Harosheth. And that's about 40 miles now south, uh, east, southwest a little bit of Hazor. And so these are the two people now that were the focal points of the harassment to Israel. Okay, and it says Jabin oppressed Israel for 20 years, and then Israel again cried out to the Lord. So our judge at this time is Deborah. And it says she has her own palm tree. So she is judging Israel and she is uh, leading Israel. It also says doing those two things under her palm tree down uh, in the land of Ephraim, which is just north of Jerusalem there. And so when people would have a conflict, they would come to Deborah and she would decide between the two. Deborah sends word to Barak. Barak now is even north of Hazor. He's living in a place called Kadesh. And that is probably from where Deborah is up to where Barak is, is probably around 90 miles. So this isn't just a quick journey, go send for Barak and bring him down. It takes a while to do that. They go, they go up, they get Barak, they bring him back down to Deborah, and he meets Deborah under her palm tree. And Deborah says, this is what the Lord is commanding you to do. And the Lord says, go to Mount Tabor, which is just east, uh, just west of the Sea of Galilee. Go there and gather 10,000 men from Naphtali 
and Zebulun, those two tribes that are there. And the rest of the command was, and I will draw out, I, God, will draw out Sisera and his army and give them to you. Well, this is where it gets a little messy. And that is, right off, Barak says, I'll go. You remember when Moses at the, uh, at the burning bush was asked by God, told by God to go back, I want you to lead the people out? Five times he pushed back. He never said, I'll go to begin with. Barak says, I'll go. But the messy part is, if you go with me. <clears throat> well, now, that doesn't sound real good, does it? I mean, that's kind of the messy part. But he says, but if, if you don't go with me, I won't go. And that is just really pushing back against God. So what do you think is going on with Barak? Why would, why would he say that? Why would he even do that? Is that because of a lack of faith, maybe? Think he might be afraid? What about the last 20 years? For the last 20 years, anytime there was a conflict between Israel and the Canaanites, guess who won? Canaanites. He's got 20 years of evidence that every time we go up, and it says they severely oppressed them. It wasn't just an easy battle. They severely oppressed them. So the last 20 years, and Barak has got to remember all of these things that have just happened. But you know, there have been some past successes too. And this is the thing that kind of caught my eye. Some of the past successes that Moses had, he also had Aaron with him, the high priest. And then after Moses, it was Joshua. Well, he had Eleazar, which was Aaron's uh, son, who became the high priest after that. So I wonder, Bible doesn't say, but I wonder if maybe what Barak was saying I want God's contact with me. I don't want you to be 50, 60, 70 miles away, and if there's more information, I want to know it now. I don't want to know it later. And so he says, I will go if you will go with me. And sure enough, what happens? Deborah says, I'll go, but the honor will not be yours. It will not be yours. And here's where I need to get a ooh from the audience. Because he says, the honor will not be yours. It's going to go to a woman. Ooh. If that was today, we'd say, okay, call the lawyers, get the, get the lawsuit going. <clears throat> but Deborah goes with Barak, and they both go back up to Kadesh. He assembles the 10,000 people. 10,000 soldiers, and they head to Mount Tabor. Okay, another person in this story is a guy named Heber. Now, Heber is of the descendants of the bunch of people that came out of, um, uh, that came with Moses from the, um, out of the wilderness and on up uh, to the promised land. Uh, they were of the Kenanite, Kenanite tribe, 
and it was Moses' father-in-law. And so it's that lineage of people. And they were, you'll read that they were Midianites, which is where they came from, and Kenites is their, their family heritage. Well, he gets up there, Heber does, and his wife is Jael. When they are all settled in, and for 20 years, he's watched all this that's going on between the Israelites and the Canaanites, and the Canaanites always win, and it says that Heber had made peace with the Canaanites. It means he had swapped sides. He had deserted the people that he came up with. And so when Heber understands and hears about um, Barak gathering these 10,000 people, um, soldiers, and going to Mount Tabor, he informed Sisera, the enemy. And Sisera and his army is uh, now down in Harosheth, and so he orders all of those people to get together in the 900 chariots, and they move then up to the Kishon River. And the Lord said, that is where I will cause Sisera's army to be routed. <clears throat> and so the battle starts and instead of Israel losing this time, for once they start winning. And as they win, evidently Sisera says, this is not working like it has in the past. And it, he literally gets out of his chariot and decides that he is going to go where it's safe. And so while the battle is going down toward Harasheth and the whole army has been pushed down that way, he gets out of his chariot and he goes up to a safe area and he's probably looking for Heber in that area up there. He goes up, and as he passes by Jael's tent, she says, come in, and don't be afraid. And so he goes inside the tent, and, and he's tired. He says he is exhausted. He's tired, and he said, you stand at the door, and if anybody asks, if there's anybody in there, you just say no. And he said, give me something to drink. And so she gave him a skin of milk and some cottage cheese. Well, it says curds, but it's cottage cheese, right? And so she goes in, uh, gives him that. He drinks that. He goes to sleep. He is exhausted. She covers him up with a rug. She sneaks out, grabs a tent peg and a hammer, and drives a tent peg, you might say she nailed him. <laughs> she drives a tent peg through his temple all the way into the ground. Now evidently, Barak has been chasing the army and evidently he has found the fact that uh, Sisera is no longer there and somehow Barak is not far behind because when he shows up at the tent here, J.L. says, Come on in. I think who you're looking for is right in here. And so he goes in and looks. And it says that day that God subdued the king of Canaan. Now, there was still some mopping up that had to do, and it said that he ultimately was totally destroyed. And so that was the, the main story of, the, of Judges chapter 4. Now, here's a significant point, I think. Number one, that even though Heber had started out with the Israelites, had come up uh, 
and his, his family had come up with those wandering in the wilderness and in the desert, had finally settled in and settled up north of the north end of, of Galilee. He had swapped sides, but evidently J.L. had not. Her allegiance was still with Israel. And so that's the reason why she did what she did. And so the honor went to J.L. Now, when Deborah had said earlier, the honor will go to a woman, I don't know what woman crossed their mind. Maybe they thought it would be Deborah. Barak probably did, since she was the one telling him that, and she was willing to go. But turns out, the honor didn't go to them. It went to J.L., My mind works a little crazy sometimes. I thought of a kind of a side note here, and this is now for the husbands here today. If when you go to bed at night, I'm just saying, and you look over on your nightstand and you see some goat's milk and cottage cheese, You might want to look at the other nightstand where your wife is, and if you see a tent peg and a hammer, I would suggest that you're probably not the one that needs to go to sleep first, okay? A serious point that was made, that was made by Deborah early on, and this, I think, is the crux of the lesson, and that is, she said, the honor for the journey will not be yours. You know, sometimes people that do things for the Lord uh, get to feeling like I did it. Sometimes when things go real well and some program works out, uh, we, we kind of feel like, oh, that was good. And we tend to accept the honor for ourselves. I've got some questions I want to ask you, and I want you to give me the answer. The answer I'm looking for is two words, the Lord. Okay? Let's try it. Who created us? Who gives us life and breath? Who sets the bounds of our habitation? I mean, we didn't choose who our parents were. We didn't choose that we were going to be born here or wherever we were. Didn't choose what race we were. Somebody else set that, and it's the Lord. Who gives the power to make a living? The way the Bible says it, power to make wealth. Who does that? Who gives the spirit to our lives? Who forgives us our sins? And who adopted us into his family, not just allows us to live in his presence, but actually adopts us into his family. It's the... So, bottom and last question. Who gets the journey? Who gets the honor for our journey? Again, it's the Lord. So, every time I think that we echo the sentiments of Barak when he said, I won't go unless you go with me. I think we're saying this very thing, and that is, I'd rather have you with me, Lord, than any honor that might come my way.
I think that's what Barak was saying. So may, yes, it was messy. He put conditions on it. It would have worked out much better if maybe if, if he hadn't. But that's probably what was going through his mind. He said, I want God's contact person to be with me. Okay, I have homework for you tonight. And that is, tonight, when you go to bed, after you've purged the house of cottage cheese and goat's milk, I want you to read Judges 5, because in Judges 5, there's a song that Barak and Deborah write. And this song talks about all these events that we've just talked about. And yes, Deborah is mentioned, and yes, Barak's mentioned, and yes, JL's mentioned. But it starts out like this that the leaders led in Israel, and who were the leaders? Well, that's probably Barak and Deborah. They led in Israel, and the people volunteered. 10,000 people who had watched for 20 years the battle go the wrong way, that they still volunteered. And he says, bless the Lord. That's the first stanza. The next stanza says, hear, O kings, give ear, O rulers. I to the Lord will sing. I'll sing praises to the Lord, the God of Israel. Again, God gets the credit. And then the third one, it says, Lord, when you went out, when you went out, this Sinai, not Mount Sinai, Tabor, this Sinai quaked at your presence. That had to give 10,000 soldiers confidence that there is going to be a victory today. And so this whole chapter 5 is involved in singing this song and Deborah and Barak write it, they sing it, they perform it, and it's recorded for us today. And it's basically one theme, and that is, to God be the glory. And that's what I see in the fourth chapter of the book of Judges. May you have a great week.